The Deep Dive with Nick Baby. Welcome to the Deep Dive with Nick Babel. I'm your host, Nick Babel. Today is solo podcast episode number two. Um, doing this one on the road, so bear with me if uh, there's any background noise because I am in a motel room and it's kind of close to the to the highway. I'm working on the road today, but I do have some downtime, so I thought it would be a you know, a fun, fun day to do a podcast. Um, so the topic, um, for this podcast episode will be the amazing actor, comedian, and temperamental philosopher, Bill Murray. Um, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. Um, I used to have a, a window sticker, um, of the outline of his head, you know, like his silhouette, um, on my truck back when I had a truck. Um, I currently have an autographed Caddyshack picture of him, uh, hanging on my wall, um, in my podcast computer room. Um, I will, I posted a picture of it earlier, but I'll post a different picture of it. Um, you know, sometime this week, just to, to help promote this episode. Um, so Bill Murray is not only an interesting, hilarious actor. Um, he is a man who has a, a life philosophy um, that he has described as being in the moment, living in the moment. Um, he, seems, he seems to have that philosophy often... You know, um, very famously, he shows up at different events, people's weddings, uh, or he'll go to the park and join a kickball game. Um, he has supposedly gone up to people who are eating outside at a restaurant, you know, uh, taking some French fries or some food off their plate and said, no one will believe you uh, before walking away. Um, just funny stories like that. And it, it's kind of become an online, you know, semi-urban legend um, about just his antics. But uh, I do believe it, you know, just, you know, he's, uh, he just seems like that he's that kind of guy. Um, you know, oftentimes they say the best actors are the ones that aren't doing much acting. They're just being themselves. And, um, you know, while I think Bill Murray is a great actor, um, I think a lot of times he's, he's playing a version of himself, um, you know, and it, you know, it's just, <clears throat> I love people like that, you know, it's, it's, especially Bill Murray, just everybody that knows me also knows I'm a big fan of sarcasm. Um, I'm. I'm pretty good at it. Um, and, you know, Bill Murray's the king of sarcasm, in my opinion, you know. Um, you know, the, you know, the other part of his lifestyle philosophy, you know, seems to be a little darker 
and, and moodier. You know, Murray famously can be be hard to reach, um, and he's been his own agent since the early 1990s. Uh, he supposedly took the Garfield movie because he thought it was a Coen Brothers film, um, and it was another writer-director whose last name was Coen. Um, but he ended up doing it because he thought he would get to work with the Coen brothers. Um, there's been several incidents where a film was about to shoot and they still didn't know if he was going to show up, you know, like they'd agreed upon, uh, for the first Ghostbusters movie, he showed up like the day before they started shooting or the night before. Um, and the rest of the cast had been there for, you know, weeks and whatever, getting ready. Um, uh, went on set, uh, his live in the moment, carefree, do whatever attitude, you know, has sometimes rubbed directors and some other actors the wrong way. Uh, famously the hatred you see from Richard Dreyfus in what about Bob was, was genuine <laughs> on Dreyfus's part. Um, he hated, he hated Murray's attitude, um, you know, and after, after the movie Groundhog Day, his relationship with longtime friend Harold Ramis, who directed that movie, um, ended because Murray was so difficult to work with. Um, sadly, they, they didn't make up until Ramis was on his deathbed in 2014. Um, so, you know, the other, you know, it's like that in life, you know, um, there's a good and a bad with everybody, you know, I'm not saying the man's a saint, um, but I just, I'm just a big fan and I, I love his overall general, you know, attitude and, and way of life. Um, so there, there is there's probably you can break it down even further, but <clears throat> there really is two Bill Murray careers. If, if you, and there might be three, if you want to consider his pre-movie days, but for his movie stuff, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there's, there's two Bill Murray's there's, um, there's the first half, you know, Bill Murray that, that did all the movies that, that I love. Um, and I'll go into that, you know, further later. Um, but then there's the, you know, the second half, Bill Murray, um, where he did films like Lost in Translation, Rushmore, St. Vincent, um, you know, a few more others. He chose more artful films um, and specific directors like Wes Anderson and, Sofia Coppola. Um, I bring this part of his career up to say that while, you know, I'm sure most of these films are good or some are even great. The issue is that it's just not my Bill Murray. Um, you know, that is, you know, that is him more relaxed, calm, probably mentally healthier Bill Murray, you know, maybe in a few years, you know, as a person, you know, as myself, a person that has, has worked on becoming more relaxed and mentally healthy lately, 
you know, I'll sit down and I'll watch those movies and, you know, probably get a better appreciation for them. Uh, you know, and I, I, I've been wanting to do that, so I'll probably will do that at some point. Uh, right now, though, I can tell you none of none of those movies, you know, made the following list that I'm going to go through. Um, and so, you know, people can take that with a grain of salt and say this isn't a real list if you don't count if you don't count his whole movie career. But uh, you know, just they don't crack my list, and it's my list. And if you don't like it, you know, turn the dial. Yeah. Well. Nobody's listening to this on a, a old school radio, but you know, click on the app and find the Bill Murray Lost in Translation podcast episode that somebody's probably already done. So, <laughs> anyways, um, so now in case you, you didn't put two and two together, um, this is going to be a deep dive into the top 10 Bill Murray films, like I said, from, you know, mostly from the, the first half of his career. Um, so starting out, I want to talk about a couple honorable mentions, you know, ones that I thought were interesting, um, but they just didn't make the list overall. You know, I really appreciated his cameo and, um, uh, shoot, uh, Zombie Land. It was really funny, um, but you know that's not really a Bill Murray movie. He's he's only in it for like five minutes. Um, you know, people don't realize Murray has kind of been the king of the cameo throughout his career. He he's in a pretty famous Oscar-winning movie, Tootsie, um, and I don't even think he's. Uh, he did it uncredited. Mm, I might be wrong about that, but he is in it. And it's, you know, he has a small part in it. And he does that throughout his career. Where he'll just show up in a movie that he, you know, somehow they get him to do it. And, um, so that takes me to the, the second honorable mention, which is the movie Space Jam. You know, again, it's somewhat of a cameo. He is in it a little bit, a b- bit more. Um, you know, it's kind of a silly, fun movie. But you know, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but he kind of adds a acting credibility to a film full of non-actor athletes and cartoon characters. You know, and then there's Bill Murray in it. You know, and it's just kind of. I think it was smarter them to have him in it. Because he kind of, I don't know, he made it seem more like a, an actual movie um, than just, a, you know, a cartoon sports thing. So, and it's a, it's a fun cameo. Um, <clears throat> so the other honorable mention, um, and maybe a little controversial, some people might even put this on their list, but... Um, I got to say Ghostbusters 2. Now, while Bill Murray carries this movie on his back, it's a movie that, you know, like a lot of times, especially in the 80s and 90s, 
the sequels are, you know, and they're probably, and even still today, a lot of times they're just cash grabs. Um, and Murray actually made them wait a few years to do this. He wouldn't agree. Um, and then for some reason, they, I think he had a couple of flops. So, uh, you know, I don't know why he took it, but he did. You know, the script's not as good. Um, you know, just the, the dialogue's not as good. But Murray continues where he left off, you know, in the first one. Um, you can you can tell much of his dialogue is ad-libbed. Um, you know, that would be my... I would bet money on that. Um, he just makes the movie watchable with his, you know just his one-liners and his just this whole thing you know with Sigourney Weaver um but you know not good enough to make my list because again you know the movie's not good and I know that's I know a few people that really like that movie but I just I'll watch it once in a while and every time I watch it I'm like oh I forgot how bad this was so, just my opinion, but, all right. So, the honorable mentions out of the way. We'll get into the top 10 Bill Murray films from 10 to 1. Um, I did have to think about it a little bit, and especially near the top. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's a fair list. And there's definitely some some that people would consider surprises, you know, where they land. So number 10, and this is one I, I think a lot of people listening might not have seen. It's called Monuments Men. Now, it was a film he did, um, and this is probably the newest film on, on my list here that... Um, compared to these other films but um you know it was a george clooney movie you know it's a world war ii um you know their art you know art um historians um academics and they volunteered to join the allied forces to you know safeguard you know, valuables and stuff, you know, John Goodman's in it, George Clooney, Matt Damon, and Bill Murray. Um, and while this movie is definitely not a comedy and it doesn't have all of the classic Murray stuff I loved, um, he's still funny in parts of it. And, um, you know, I feel like he probably did this film, you know, as a favor to Clooney. Uh, we would be, you know, I'm kind of guessing on that, but, you know, it just, it seems like that, um, you know, so if you're looking for Bill Murray as a complete joker, you know, that's not what the movie is, but it made my list because the movie's good. Um, it is a movie I have to rewatch. I haven't, you know, seen it in years, um, but I remember watching it and I was like, this is a good movie overall. So if you like Bill Murray and you like World War II stuff, um, you know, definitely worth checking it out. 
Um, and it just, you know, it cracked my list, number 10. So number nine here, and this is going to be a shocker for how low it is on my list, but I can explain. Number nine is Caddyshack. Now, yes, I know I told you, you know, I have the signed autograph poster with him in Caddyshack. Um, but, you know, it was a gift and I love it and I love his autograph. But it's just not one of my, you know, favorite Murray films. He's funny. It's, you know, him and Chevy Chase are probably the best parts of the movie. I mean, and Rod, Rodney's good. I think Rodney's in the second one. It's been a long time. I, I need to retouch Caddyshack, to be honest. But, um, you know, he's just, uh, he's kind of playing his SNL character. You know, some of his SNL characters on this movie, you can tell. Uh, you know, he's a lovable loon. It's not really the sarcastic Murray. It's more of the goof, goofy, early Murray. You know, the the meatballs Murray, the you know, SNL Murray. Um, but, you know, he's he's funny. Um, and, you know, it's still a classic. But I think other films on, on this list have aged better. Um, even though, you know, this movie's, you know, certain parts have aged well, certain parts haven't. It's still a funny movie. And like I said, I, I need to retouch it, but it's just, again, it doesn't hit all the Murray checkpoints that it, other movies do. Um, and that's why it ended up, you know, number nine on my list. Now, this is something I wanted to do for these movies too. Uh, give the best line, his best line in these movies, uh, in my opinion. Now, I didn't do it with Monuments Men. Uh, and the reason I didn't is because, like I said, that movie's not like a Bill Murray one-liner movie kind of thing. So I left it off for that one. But the rest of them here, I, I, I do have it. Um, so this is this is the best line or lines from, from Caddyshack, Bill Murray's part. Um, this older guy asked him if he should keep playing golf, you know, as the weather is starting to, you know, get stormy. And Bill Murray says, I'd keep playing. Um, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. And then it's followed by thunder. Now, everybody, you know, if you go golfing and it starts to rain, this golfers still say this all the time. I keep playing. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a quote that, you know, a lot of golfers still use. You know, in the, in the movie, the guy ends up getting struck by lightning, too, which makes it funnier, I guess. But um, so that's that. Caddyshack number nine. Number eight, Kingpin. Now, this movie is definitely ridiculous, you know, and Murray's character is, might be the most ridiculous. I mean, you know, Woody Harrelson and uh, uh, the crazy dude, um, uh, shoot, can't think of his name right now, um, Randy Quaid, who's, you know, crazy in real life. Um, but he's his character is pretty ridiculous in this movie too. Um, 
while the concept of you know the nefarious world of bowling is funny um the characters in this movie are you know it's just a special kind of funny it's a different it's not like a, a standard comedy you know this movie always kind of reminded me it's like in the same vein as the big lebowski in my opinion um i know it's not a coen brothers film it's a fairly brothers movie um but it just has that same sensibility where the characters all have their own things going on. Um, and Bill Murray is kind of the, he's the bad guy in the movie, you know, the, the bowling rival, you know, but he's that kind of, you know, he looks ridiculous. He's a real jerk that thinks he's better than people. And it's just, you know, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so the best line I thought from this film was the waitress brings him an alcoholic beverage and he goes, keep them coming, sweets. I got a long drive. Would you mind washing off that perfume before you come back to our table? Just real, just real, you know, asshole thing to say. And it totally fits the character and it's, Trust me, I'm not going to give the Bill Murray deliveries on this podcast. I can't do it. I'm I'm not built that way, but it's just fucking real funny movie. Um, you know, and I think eight was a safe place for it on this list um, because it's not 100% a Bill Murray movie, but still, you know, great performance. All right. So going on to number seven, um, this is an often underlooked gem in my opinion. Um, this is one, you know, you don't really hear about a ton when people are talking the best of Bill Murray, but it's called Quick Change. Uh, Bill Murray dresses as a clown and robs a bank. That's the, that's the basic, um, you know, summary in the movie, but it also stars Gina Davis and Randy Quaid again, who he must have liked working with back then. Um, you know, Murray has to outsmart Marner Cop, you know, who might have figured it out. And it's got a lot of fun things to it. It's, you know, how they get out of the bank and, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's a funny movie. It's a, you know... It's a good, it's just overall a good movie, and it's got a lot of, you know, Bill Murray one-liners on it. And like I said, this is one where, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, you think you've seen a lot of his movies, and this is one a lot of people haven't checked out. And if you can, find out where it's streaming or, or whatever and, you know, check it out. It's a really, it's a good movie, and it's a, it's a fun premise, too. Um, so the best line from this movie is bank card. What kind of clown are you? And then Bill Murray's character, the crying on the inside kind, I guess it, you know, it's just, you know, again, me reading the, the quote doesn't do it justice. So check it out. Number seven, quick change. Um, you know, I even somewhat thought of putting it higher, but, it just didn't quite touch these other movies. 
Um, so, you know, number six, Stripes. Um, this is one of his early films. You know, it's, uh, but it's like the first one really where they really gave him the keys and, you know, and where you really start to see the character, the beginnings of the type of character that he loves to play, you know, the lovable loser, uh, sarcastic, wise ass, smart mouth, you know, the audience loves, you know, just that type of character. Um, and then this one, he works so well with Ramus, you know, in a bunny buddy tandem kind of way. They play off each other. And you can tell they're friends, which they were at that time. Um, you know, this movie's a little long. Um, you know, in some parts, does it hold up in 2021? No. But does it still have hilarious parts and memorable lines? Fuck yeah. You know, it's... Uh, and I think Ivan Reitman even said, you know, he didn't... This is a movie he felt like he didn't know how to land the plane. It was one of his earlier ones. And the last, you know, half hour, 45 minutes of the movie kind of gets a little off the rails. But, you know, like I said, you got to pay homage to this film because I feel like it's really where Marie started to, to get this character going. Um, you know, and, you know... It's the early signs of it, and it's the Murray that a lot of us love the best. But then again, the next film on the list. Oh, actually, before I even get to that, the best line, you know, and when I say best line in these movies, I mean one of the best. You know, some some of these movies have so many good lines, but where he goes, my philosophy, a hundred dollar shine on a three dollar pair of shoes. Yeah. It makes more sense if you watch the movie, but it's a it's a good line. So number five, and this kind of goes back to the other, and I just kind of put this together, you know, as I'm just thinking about it. Um, you know how I talked about this type of Murray character that I really loved in these movies. Well, you can even break it down to two types. There's the, you know, sarcastic, wise-ass, smart-mouth, um, you know, and I, some of these movies coming up, you know, he even gets more narcissistic and more, you know, there's that character. And then there's, like, the the kind of goofy, goofball-y, um, you know, Caddyshack, um, but maybe even a bit more nuanced than some of these other ones that I got on the list. You know, a kind of silly, sweet Bill Murray, too. Um, so this the next couple of movies kind of fall into that category, which I I gotta say, I, I love that type of character with him too, because he plays it so well. Um, so number five is what about Bob? Um, and I mentioned, you know, his how you know Richard Dreyfus really hated him working with him. And if you watch the movie, and I watched it recently, you know, kudos to Dreyfus because you watch the movie and you're like, uh, man, he really, he gets really psychotic 
about Bill Murray's character Bob and and yeah, I mean that's probably that's what the role was, but I I think he must have used some of his own feelings on Murray and uh, you know stuff in in the role because it really plays out, you know. And the movie's great; it's funny. Murray's great, you know. Dreyfus is even great in it. Um, and he's just, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about a, a narcissistic psychologist, you know, psychiatrist played by Richard Dreyfus that, you know, he writes a book and he's going to take his family, you know, out on like a, to a vacation house and, um, you know, his promote his book on like an entertainment tonight kind of thing. <laughs> and when he goes to go on vacation, one of his patients, Bill Murray, who's Bob, you know, he tells him, you know, how much his book has helped him and how he's trying to get better and he's doing all these different things. And he, you know, he kind of, he ends up following the doctor to, and his family to that cabin or to the, you know, Kevin, yeah, it's like a near the water and stuff, vacation home. And and then, you know, he just ends up staying with them and stuff, it, much to the chagrin of Dreyfus's character. And it's it's such a funny movie, and he's such a he plays such an oblivious, you know, uh crazy lovable guy in the film. Um <laughs> You know, I for I actually forgot to look up the best line from this this film. Um, I just remember the uh, what was it the when he's he's he keeps uh, doing stuff to get rid of him, and instead of taking the hint, Bill Murray's you know Bob's like, oh, this is part of the therapy. Uh, you know, uh, this is this works so good doctors you're such a good doctor um so let me take a look really quick and see if i can find a you know good what about bob quote um uh you know i'm sure i'm sure there is a bunch um just give me a second here um uh the whole baby steps thing that's really funny um uh it's a wild movie if you haven't seen it in a while the thing that i remember that i didn't remember as much you know watching this as a kid was just how how crazy like um Dreyfus gets to like want to get rid of them, you know. This is probably one of the. This is the line. So, Doctor Leo Marvin, you think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. He opens the door and Bob's there. He goes, and you know, Bill Murray says, "Is this some radical new therapy?" And <laughs> and Dreyfus goes, "You see." So that'll be the quote for that one. That, uh, 
that's one of the ones that I always remember from this movie. Um, so number four, and this one's wild. Now, even more than Quick Change, I don't think people, enough people have seen this movie, and I stand hard for this movie. It's called The Man Who Knew Too Little. It's by far the most underrated movie of his career. Um, you know, you, you, a lot, you say that to people and they say, I've never heard of that movie or oh, I never saw that one. Well, you should. This movie is funny. It's sweet. There's action. Um, it's like kind of, kind of somewhat like the character from what about Bob? If you had more confidence and wasn't, uh, but it's the same naive sweetness. Um, and the basic plot of the movie is Bill Murray's character goes to visit his brother, who's like a uh, he's he's some kind of diplomat or something. And the brother and the brother and his wife end up getting him this, um, you know, be a spy for a night package thing where these actors, you know, make you feel like you're in a real James Bond movie. Um, you know, and you play along to it and stuff and, you know, the, the brother and especially the wife do it kind of just to get rid of him. Cause the guy's a little bit, you know, annoying and, and it's his birthday. Um, <laughs> so it, it ends up something happens and, in a funny coincidence, a real life spy story starts happening and Bur and Murray's character gets kind of sucked into it. But the whole time he believes it's like a fake thing, part of his birthday gift. Um, so he has this like irrational confidence, you know, like he's really a James Bond because he thinks all this stuff is, you know, he doesn't realize it's it's real. And it's again, it made number four on my list. It's if you haven't seen it, check it out. Definitely the most underrated Bill Murray movie. Um, you know, it's, you know, this is the one, like I said, I just don't think this movie gets, gets enough love. Um, so best line, um, the love interest in the movie, you know, one of the, when she meets him, she, one of the lines she says is, what are you? CIA mafia and Murray deadpan goes both. And <laughs> so check it out. Great movie. Number four on my list. So now we're getting to the top three. And to be honest with you, I can feel, I feel like these three movies could be switched on any given, you know, time of the year or depends you know but this is the order i went with today um like i said you asked me 10 times and you know um i'd probably give you 10 different answers on it um but uh still you know it's one of those things i'm, I'm sure it's like that with when it gets down to these top 10 lists when you get down to the top you know, three, three or four, but with this one, three, it's, it's hard to, especially with a great like Murray, it's hard to, 
you know, say this movie is so much better um, than, you know, one of the other movies. Um, one second here, because I did all the prep for this, but I kind of did it as I was packing to go on the road. Um, so I, I missed a couple of things that I wanted to do. Um, uh, so I want to get a best quote for this number three movie. Um, but I do not have it as of yet. Um, let's see. All right. All right. Well, I don't want to do a bunch of dead air looking for, you know, a quote. So number three is a top three Christmas movie for me. It's Scrooge. Um, he plays probably his most obnoxious character, narcissistic, you know, and that's really saying something. But he plays Frank Cross, and it's, you know, this movie's so well done. You know, think about when this movie was made and the, you know, the graphics in this movie the, still really hold up. You know, you can tell it's a lot of the practical effects they do. You know, it's not green screen bullshit. Um, and it's, you know, it's just really well done. And it's, everybody does Dickens Christmas Carol. You know, it's done a hundred different ways. And this is, it's not even close. This is the best version of that story. Hands down. Um, his sarcasm is just peak in this film. You know, so many funny lines and so many funny moments. Um, maybe that's why I didn't put a best line because I just, there were so many to pick. You know, I love his back and forth with the the fairy ghost of Christmas present, the woman, you know, and she ends up kicking him in the nuts. Um, always crack up hard on that one. Uh, he really goes for it you know, in all aspects of, on this film, um, you know, it's, he's such a, he's such an ass. And then by the end, he's, you know, obviously, you know, the story, the redemption, but, you know, by the end, he's just like pouring it on. And, um, you know, it's just classic peak Marie, to be honest with you, just, um, you know, it's, it's that character that he does, but on steroids, you know, um, and from all accounts that you hear, he was really miserable on the set. Um, he wanted, he changed the script a bunch. Um, he, him and the director went back and forth quite a bit. Um, I guess, I think right around this time he was getting a, having a divorce too. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, you know, he's he's that type of guy, you know, like everybody else, nobody's perfect. And it definitely doesn't take away from his performance in the movie because, you know, it's just great character, great movie. So that's number three. Number two, my childhood favorite movie, 
one of my favorite childhood movies, Ghostbusters. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people my age, I'm 38 and, you know, around my age, probably from 34 to like, you know, 40, 41, 42. This was probably, you know, a favorite growing up, you know, um, he plays Peter Venkman, funny, sarcastic, wisecracking, charming, you know, this uh Fankman is not as uh doesn't have the evil narcissist thing going like uh maybe the, the Scrooge character does, but it's still yeah, you know, this this movie was hard to pick the best line because you know uh almost everything he says in this movie is a possible best line. Um you know when he and I'm just doing this off of memory when he goes in and, uh, and he's talking to um, the secretary that they hire there, Janine, he's like, Janine, could you pretend to work? At least pretend to work. We're paying you, aren't we? And uh, just, like I said, every line's great. Um, but my favorite one is uh, Ray says, Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. And then the bad guy, Peck, goes, they caused the explosion. And then the mayor says, is that true? And Vaping goes, yes, it's true. This man has no dick. And then they you know, start fighting it. So fucking funny because just the timing of it, you know, you think he's saying yes to the about the explosion thing to the mayor's question, but he's answering. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't have to explain the joke, but classic Murray, you know, where I would say Scrooge's peak, that character, I think this was pretty close to, uh, this is where he really ramped it up from the other movies before he, he went on, um, and obviously a great movie, and, you know, really blew his career up to make movies, um, so, uh, you know, and this was the one too early in his career, you know, when he had more of a hairline and, uh, they really tried to romantic lead him with, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, and they have a good chemistry in the movie too, you know, um, but, uh, number two on my list, again, these top three could really go in any order. Oh, excuse me. So number one on my list, you might've guessed it cause you haven't heard me say it yet. Groundhog day. <coughs> Rise and shine, campers. It, um, get your coat on because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. I just did that off memory. I know it wasn't probably exact. Um, of course, this is a movie I watch just about every year on or near Groundhog Day. It's one of my wife's favorite movies, too. Um, and uh, actually... Um, my nieces or niece-in-laws 
who have their own podcast, Twisted Sisters, which I've mentioned. Um, I know they actually went down to Poxitani, Pennsylvania, for the Groundhog Day a couple years ago, um, and they really loved it. Um, but anyways, so again, he's sarcastic, he's funny, he's self-absorbed, he's a narcissist at first. Um, he's closer to the Ghostbusters Venkman than the Scrooged, angrier, you know, um, narcissist. Um, you know, this, and, and you know, I might have said uh, Scrooge was peak for this type of character. You could argue Groundhog Day is peak for the char- type of character, too. Maybe the Scrooge's slightly over the top version of it um now that i'm thinking about it and this is really peak you know you like the character especially more as the movie goes along um and you know then you hear wild i read a bunch of different things over the years that you know supposedly the character is trapped in that same day minimum and this is what they were saying. Minimum two years. A lot of people tried to do the math and said seven to ten years. And then there was even people that went farther with it and said to learn all the things he learned and to do this and that. It would have taken like, you know, 60 plus years. Um, so, you know. It's it's just a wild movie, and now, you know, it's a trope now, the premise of the movie. It's such a winning premise. They do it in, you know, sitcoms, and, uh, you know, they do it in every type of thing. Other movies have done it, uh, TV shows, and, you know, you want to say it's overused, but I love it every time. I love the idea of the day starts over and you got to figure it out. Um, Even Star Trek, the next generation did an episode where the day kept starting over every time. One of my favorites. I love it. I love the trope. I'm a sucker for it, you know? Um, So uh, great movie. Again, watch it every year. Trying to think with all these movies, which one I've seen the most. And it's probably Ghostbusters, but Groundhog Day is close and Scrooge is close too. You know, and then definitely from there, it definitely goes down. Um, but I've seen all these movies. I'd say in my top 10 list, the movies, the only movie I haven't seen more than once is uh, Monuments Men, which I did see in the theaters. Um, but I would like to watch it again, but the rest of these movies I've at least watched a couple times. And um, really from five, from What About Bob to The Man Who Knew Too Little, Scrooge, Ghostbusters, Groundhog's Day, I've seen all those movies like, I can't even count. Um, So the best line for Groundhog's Day and I put two in for this one. I guess that'll make up for not having one for uh, Scrooge was best line. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Um, and then when he's uh, 
in the truck with the groundhog, he goes, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. And he's, you know, he's going nuts. Um, so that's it. That's my top 10 list of uh, Bill Murray films. Um, like I said, you know, I did have Monuments Men was on the list, which was a later movie. But for the most part, I didn't really touch his uh, Wes Anderson stuff and his later stuff. Um, he did a zombie one recently. Um, and it might have been a Wes Anderson one. And it was terrible. Um, just awful. Um, but um, I'm not going to judge the rest of them on that. I probably will someday sit down and watch those movies too. Um, anyways. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, please, you know, I say this and, you know, sometimes it feels like people shut the podcast off and then just, you know, don't do it. I mean, not just feels, I know it because just not getting a, lot, a ton of this, but if you, especially really on any platform, but Apple, if you can get over on Apple and five star it and, um, you know, leave a review. Um, it's really helpful. You know, if I get some cool reviews, I'll actually put them up on Instagram. Um, the page now has an Instagram, um, a YouTube channel and a Patreon. Um, you know, so check all those out. The Patreon, I'm not begging for money or nothing. Um, I make no money on this. I spent money on this, which, you know, I think it's worth it. I love doing it. Um, but, you know, if I get, if I make a little bit of money on the Patreon, it'll just go to get more guests on here, some advertising and stuff. Um, but, and, you know, also subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll, I've been, I even put a ton of videos up, but um, for, you know, different interviews, I'm going to put clips up. I've put some clips up. Um, so if you're into YouTube, definitely do that. Um, you know, uh, thanks again to my non-existent guest, Bill Murray. Uh, keep, you know, I, I'm looking for a third part of his career to come up where he just, you know, crushes it again. Um, and I think he has it in him. So anyways, thanks for listening again. Catch you later.